God, I miss Coco. <laughs> Welcome everyone to a new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm your host Jordan, and standing here across from me is Daniel Six, because he likes to be in bed by six. Or six thirty if I'm getting wild. This week we're going back to Netflix again, and we're going to talk the new Netflix film, The Dirt. Life and times in the '80s, living fast, hard, cocaine and cars, Motley Crew. So sit back, relax, hide your cocaine. And let's... I your girlfriends. Oh, that too. Yes. <laughs> and let's go back to the 80s. Boom. To the 80s! Cheers! Alrighty, well, before we get started here, why don't we talk about what we're drinking? This week was Daniel's week to bring in something. Daniel, what would you bring for Drink and Tell? Well, um, I brought in a beer called Level Beer by Ground Control, which is like a barcade here in Portland. Didn't realize it was just by them or brewed for them. Yeah. D- uh, but I'll, I'll Look at the can here. It just says their name on it. Hmm. Oh, the uh, it's called I've Got Next Hoppy Pale Ale. So that's fun. Um, the whole reason I got it because it has retro video game stuff on it. So I'm like, cool. And... Yeah. Asteroids, Space Invaders. Yeah. Yeah, try it. Let's open it up here and take a mm. taste. Mm, that's pretty good. It's, it's got hops, it's got malty, it's a little bitter, and not very sour. It's definitely a pale ale there. Yeah, well, well, cool. well thanks good. for bringing that in. Woo. All right, well, before we move on to news and things, why don't we talk about some things we've seen in the last week. Daniel, do you have anything this week? I've got at least two movies to talk about real quick. Well, I'll just mention one briefly is I actually did get to the theaters and see and I got to see Dumbo this week. I know you weren't able to make it, which is why we're talking about the dirt, but uh, I liked it pretty good. Not going to talk about it that much since I think we're going to review that hopefully next week, but I liked it and it was not as Tim Burton-y as I thought it would be. Well, good. Well, yeah, we'll save that for the weeks to come. Well, I saw two films this week here. The first one I saw, which I know you've seen this, we actually watched this one together. I saw Green Room again. Yeah, I saw that's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix recently. I watched it with a friend that's never seen it before, so that was kind of fun to watch with somebody new. For those of you that haven't seen Green Room, so what it basically is, it's a it's about a punk rock band that is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. So, yeah, it's just a band. They want to go home. They need gas for the road. They you know. she, she just wanted her phone, man. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But yeah, they witness a murder, and they yeah, all hell breaks loose. But it, it's a good thriller. I enjoyed it for the second time around. It is. I remember watching that. We watched that like the same night we watched Batman vs Superman or something. Yeah, and totally different movies. But yeah, I love it for what it is. I mean, this guy, uh, I think it's Jeremy uh, Solnier. I think is how you say the last name. Anyway, he wrote and directed it. Low-budget film, but it works. I mean, a lot of it just takes place in this one building and mainly in this one room, but it, it works. No, it does. It's like low. It's, I don't know. It's just like an isolated incident, and I remember that movie was really good. And definitely need to check that out again. It is gruesome. Yeah, it stars the late Anton Yelchin, too, so 
if anybody remembers him, he was in Star Trek, you know, the new movies. If you're in the mood for a good thriller, I totally suggest getting on Netflix and watching some Green Room. All right, so for the next one, this was a fun one too. I watched The Matrix. There was a theater here locally that uh, was playing it for its 20th anniversary. Five bucks to go see it. So I'm like, oh, what the heck? Can't pass up seeing The Matrix on the big screen. So went and saw The Matrix. Awesome movie. I would say 20 years later. Mm, I'd say, yeah, you know, still holds up. Very enjoyable. Action still kicks ass. And yeah, story, everything is still relevant, I'd say. I mean, it's a, still a solid movie. Yeah, I feel like it's still a solid movie, but it's still got the 90s aesthetic all over it. Well, yeah, it takes place in 1999. Yeah. Well, at least that's when The Matrix is supposed to be taking place. Right. It's supposed to take place like 200 years in the future. Yeah, I mean, I still love this cast too, like Lawrence Fishburne and Carrie Ann Moss. I love them in those roles. Like, I just love Fishburne's Morpheus character so much. Yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, no, it really is. And yeah, Keanu Reeves, once again, he was one of those, like, I heard he was going to be leader of an action movie back then. I was like, well, I mean, he was all right in speed, but I don't know if I see him, like, really carrying a full-on action movie. It's kind of like how I felt about Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker. I was like, well, I You're don't like, know. the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You? Really? Yeah, it's like, yeah, no. But yeah, one, but Rolf worked. I'm still curious what it would have been like if Will Smith hadn't passed up on the role, because he was originally going to be Neo. Yeah, I don't think it would have been as iconic. It still would have been a great movie, but it's just it's just I can't picture anybody else but Reeves in that role now after seeing it so many times with him. But yeah, anyway, great to see that on the big screen. Hadn't seen it probably in ten years. So yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, those are my two movies for this week that I saw. Why don't we move into some movie news here? Daniel, take it away. This week in movie news. I have just a couple things. Um, one is fun. We all love Mark Hamill. We love Star Wars here. Um, and Mark Hamill, after the original trilogy, is like prolifically like not in movies, but does a ton of voice acting for cartoons. And I guess Mark Hamill is voicing Chucky in the new Child's Play remake. Oh, I heard about that. Yes, I am looking forward to that. See, I think that that'll be great. Because he he does a lot of like bad guy characters in cartoons. So this kind of fits in well, right in with I'm his I'm just voice thinking acting. of like, you know, his iconic Joker from the Batman animated series. Just imagine that like in the form of a doll creeping around the corner talking to you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a perfect one to go to. Yeah, I'm actually pretty curious. I might try to uh, see that and Toy Story 4. They come out the same weekend. I mean, I'll see it from Mark Hamill tormenting. Right. No, I th- I'm thinking I'm going to try that weekend, try to squeeze both of those in because, yeah, it, oh, man. Uh, it, so that should be awesome. The next thing I have is some box office news is, you know, little little indie flick coming out uh, Avengers Endgame. It's predicted to be opening weekend could pass $800 million because I guess it is opening up in China the same weekend it opens in the the U.S. That would be a pretty amazing box office. I mean, we all know it's going to pass a billion, but... Oh, yeah. Well, Infinity War did two billion. Exactly. But like to almost be at a billion like the weekend it opens, it's crazy. That'd be cool. I just still don't know if this will be anything that'll beat Avatar in the long run for box office. Because what's Avatar? 2.7? 2.8? 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8. 2.8
something uh, around there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But man, yeah, I, I can't wait. We are just weeks away from this, Daniel. I know weeks. Like I'm thinking about taking the day off. Oh, you probably should. I yeah, probably because what should. is it? Four weeks from this Thursday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I got just enough time. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch some of the originals. I, I want to go. I'm not going to watch the whole MCU, but I want to watch a few of them just to kind of build up for this. Like watch the original Captain America, Iron Man, maybe Thor one too. Some Guardians. I don't know. I just want to watch a few. A few of them. Not going to watch everything, like I said. But yeah, I am anticipating this for sure. No, absolutely. And then another box office news is another milestone for How to Train Your Dragon 3 has passed $500 million in the box office, which is awesome. Super happy that it got... Well-deserved, yeah. I, I really like that movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Haven't I don't know if I'll be able to catch it again in theaters, but I def- definitely am looking forward to seeing that one again. I know, same here. I'd, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm waiting for the triple pack for Christmas. Wink, wink, Shiloh. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's really all the quick little tidbits I had for movie news this week. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a quiet week for news. I, I don't yeah. remember any big stories coming out. No big trailers dropped at all. No, I didn't see any. So, all right. Well, why don't we switch gears here then? And let's talk some Montley Crew. Daniel, well, hey, we're back here again talking Netflix. And I got, I got to say, it's kind of fun just to see some of these Netflix, more and more Netflix stuff come out, whether it be original show or movie. Yeah, you know, it's nice because, I mean, I like going to the theaters still, even though now that I consistently go, I consistently get more stressed out that somebody's just going to like text on their phone all the time. Yeah, no, I hear you. I love the theater. I love the theater experience. I would have preferred to have seen this in theaters. It's just the people around you are just getting worse and worse, it feels like. Yeah. Sometimes I go to some good showings and everybody's silent. Nobody's crunching loud or anything like that. Everything's fine. No phones are out. But then there's other times that are just the exact opposite. You know, somebody decides, well, I can do whatever I want. I can bring my five-year-old to an R-rated movie. Who cares? Yeah, so it is just nice to be 100% in control when you're watching a movie right so yeah i mean it that's something that netflix obviously has going for but it's nice that they're actually have released a few good movies like for a while netflix movies were kind of like really not good but i thought this one was like on par to you know as like a bohemian rhapsody and you know like something to that like degree that was yeah and i wonder if bohemian rhapsody has kind of kicked something off if we're gonna start seeing more of these because we have the elton john biopic coming out this summer yeah we do so we got you know the dirt here i'm I'm trying to think if i know of any that are in development right now i don't know and it kind of like feels like uh like bohemian rhapsody and even a star is born that felt more of like a biopic even though it's about two fictional characters it kind of did yeah like it felt like bohemian rhapsody just you know different people and obviously not like an iconic i mean they're they're just fictional characters but that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, same here. Um, I'm trying. To, it's it's hard to t- compare the two, Bohemian Rhapsody versus this. Oh, I know people. I remember bef- when the trailer dropped. People were like, "This is what Bohemian Rhapsody wanted to be," 
And I'm like, well, the movie isn't out yet. It could still. Well, suck. yeah, maybe we'll talk about this more when we get into it because I think there's there's pros and cons to both situations. I mean, I got some hot takes. Well, uh, would you like to start by giving everybody just gives you general thoughts like well, what, you, what you thought going in? Were you a Motley Crue fan beforehand? I mean, I I listen to Motley Crue. Like I don't, I can't like say that I listen to them constantly. But I do listen to a few of their songs pretty regularly. Like, I'm not, like, a huge, huge, like, Motley Crue fan. You know, I'm 25, so it was a little bit before my time, obviously. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I've heard of them. Obviously, I've heard a lot of their music. I mean, uh, my sister loves Motley Crue, so, you know, I got some from her. But it is nice to go through and listen to, like, the greatest hits and songs that I do actually still really enjoy listening to. Um, I don't know. I'm just yeah. Today while I was driving, I listened to their top five that whatever Spotify says. You know, when you first when you first search an artist, it always says like these are their top five played songs. Yeah, you know, and the same with when I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, I listened to Queen for like a week straight. You know, it's fun just to like get remember and like kind of see all these iconic legends on screen, and it just kind of gets you in the mood to like rock out. And it is, I don't know, it is very cool. Yeah. So what do you think about it? So going in, you know, I'm not a huge Motley Crue fan. I definitely know a few of their songs. I, other than maybe, you know, like Tommy Lee, you know, like I was a teenager in the 90s. You'd hear about Tommy Lee, mainly from his dating life. You know, he dated Heather Locklear, Pamela Anderson. Well, not only dated, but was married to both of them at one point. Not at the same time, but married to both of them. (laughs) So you you hear about Tommy Lee and like, oh yeah, he's drummer for Motley Crue. And I knew a few of their songs that the radio would play on occasion, but otherwise, I, as far as their and maybe hearing Nikki Six's name thrown around there, I didn't know really know anything about the band. Really didn't know the rest of the band nem- name, the band members' names, just any of their story whatsoever. I just no idea. So right. didn't know too much about them going in. I wasn't just fan this though. Like you know, you showed me the trailer like I don't know, maybe a month ago or so, and I just remember like, whoa, that looks like it's gonna be good. Yeah, it looks so. like it's gonna be raunchy rock star like party time. So yeah, I got I got home last night. I started it up there, and I got yeah, it was I gotta say like just in the first couple of minutes we're like whoa, some really whoa moments going on there. I'm like, all right, so this is what kind of movie it's going to be. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, you got to admire a movie that lets you know immediately. You're like, this is what it's happening. It's uh, raunchy. And I do appreciate that. That just sets the tone right away. Yeah. But yeah, I guess overall, um, just overall general thoughts, I did enjoy it. I thought the cast was great. Uh, The only complaint I have, though, is I just felt like there was... I felt things were rushed, and there was just so much thrown in there that, honestly, if I could do it over again, I think I would like this to be a like eight part series or like hour and a half an episode or something like that. Kind of like what they do with like those what are those Fox docu series like the uh, like the OJ Simpson OJ, one, yeah. and they just they did another one on Versace recently. Okay, which is on Netflix. Huh, I don't know if I've noticed that one. Okay, but like yeah, like something like that, just long form. Yeah, something like that. I think because you cr- there because what did this movie span like two decades almost, fifteen to twenty years or so? And I mean, they really just so... focus on like the early, like the first. They do, five but they to they. St- then that's the thing is, then they just take off and just kind of rush the rest. I would like to really just broken it down more and just like really told their stories well. 
really make you, even though, you know, they're based on real life characters, but make you feel for the characters more as you would in like other movies. So when things happen, like especially big dramatic things happen that we'll talk about later in the movie that, you know, you really feel for them, but there just wasn't that much time to build all that up. Yeah, they spend a lot of... again, 20 years crammed down into an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, no, I know. They spend mo- the most amount of time setting it up, like when the band's kind of coming together. Yeah. And then everything... It's But, it, you know, same with, like, Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, they kind of did the same thing where, like, you know, they showed them, like, oh, we're, we're friends, we want to be in a band. Although I think their setup was even faster in Bohemian Rhapsody as far as, like, you're a band, you're queen now, go. Yeah, so they been. spent a little bit more time. Yeah, it's kind of like, so you need a new lead singer? I'll sing for you. And then, yeah, then, Which is the, actually, then they're together. <laughs> yeah, so they spent a little bit more time, I think, w- getting the band together. But after that, yeah, it just kind of takes off. I mean, but maybe that's kind of like how these are supposed to feel. Because, you know, like Motley Crue just blew up with seemingly overnight, at least in the movie. I mean, I wasn't around when they started playing, so maybe it happened super fast. I, yeah, I, don't know. I have no idea because I was just a youngie when, I mean, gosh, I probably wasn't even born when they first came on the scene because were they 81, I think, is one of the first more showings they, yeah. I wasn't even around yet. Not yet. Much less, yeah, paying attention. And my parents, not something they were into. No. No, we, uh. Our parents are old school. They're more into Elvis and the Beatles. Nothing wrong with the Beatles. No, or, nothing or, wrong at all. Or Elvis, but. No, nothing wrong with them at all. But that was just the era they listened to. They didn't keep up with anything new in their 20s and beyond. Yeah. Well, I could also feel like maybe this would have been better long form because I just pulled it up here because a script for a movie is 150 or it's like 110 pages. I think is a movie script. Generally a page a minute. Right. One page equals one minute of screen time. Right. And the book, uh, the book pages is 431. Like it's a thick book. So, yeah, obviously can't cover everything, which also just makes this movie makes me want to read it. Cause I'm like, what didn't they tell you in this? Right. I, I, I will say that as one big positive of the uh, movie there is I do want to read the book now. Like not like again, like I said, I'm just not even that into Motley Crue. I haven't really followed them, but now I'm curious after yeah, seeing I mean, this, I'm curious. So I don't know. What was it like for you? So like, again, like I started this off. Two minutes in, you're getting an idea of what this movie is about, and it just it takes off. But, man, there, there's so many good parts in this thing. I enjoyed myself. I didn't get bored at all. No, because the movie just goes. That was one, Yeah, the movie. that's one thing I loved about it is just the pace. You just keep going and going from one thing to the next. And, again, like the cast, I, I thought the cast was great. From Nikki Six to Tommy Lee to what Vince Neil and Mick Mars, I thought everybody was cast awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mick Mars and Nikki Six are probably my two favorite in the in the movie. But I mean, the whole cast was great. Yeah, I liked I liked everybody. So, yeah, Machine Gun Kelly playing Tommy Lee. I thought he did a really good job at that. Yeah, I didn't even realize it was Machine Gun Kelly until like a couple days after it came out. They're like, we're sitting down Machine Gun Kelly on you know the dirt, and I'm like, oh. And once I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't realize. Um, I'm trying to think, the guy that played, uh, the guy that played Ozzy was really good. I thought we'll talk about that scene later. But man, I thought he was great. Same with the guy that cast for David Lee Roth too. Yeah, that was great. I mean, the Ozzy bit was really funny. So this took a while, but so you know they show Tommy Lee's parents. Right. It took a while, and I was like, "Where do I know his dad from? I know his dad from somewhere. Where do I know his dad from?" Do you know? 
I I'm I, I almost have it in my head. And like I've seen that same look where kind of goofy-ish looking with the glasses. Stranger still, Things. Still kind of a cool dude. Yes. Yes. He is the father of uh, Mike. Mike and uh, Nancy on Stranger Things. Yes. Okay, that makes so it much sense. It took me so long, like all through the movie, because like he kept popping up now and then, and I'm just like, where do I know this guy from? I know him from somewhere. Yes, Stranger Things. Okay, <laughs> boom. I did, like I, I realized that, or I recognized him, but I didn't know until it just came to me just now. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was cool seeing him. I liked I liked his parents in this a lot. I thought they were funny. Like, there's that funny scene in the kitchen with his sister. Like, are you wearing my pants? They look better on me. They look better on me. I thought that and was which great. is in the trailer, but it's still it was still pretty great. Oh, that was good. Yeah. And that hair metal look with the cheetah print. Yep. But yeah, there's a lot of things to like about this. What were some of your likes here? Um, you know, I really like the characters. Like I said, I think uh Mick Mars and um Nikki Six, like I think those were the my favorite uh characters to follow throughout. However, uh Tommy Lee, that's Machine Gun Kelly's character, right? Tommy yeah. Lee? Okay. Yes. I did like, since he's the drummer, there's a portion in the movie, uh, which you kind of see like a glimpse of it in the trailer, but they go through like a day in his life where he like, and it's all first person. So it's kind of cool just following him around doing weird stuff. And then you see him like drumming in first person, which I thought was really cool. I, I like I, how the director did that too. Cause if you're going to, again, cram, 15, 20 years into an hour, 45 minutes. You just got to do stuff like that. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. Are you talking about the part where he's narrating to like running around the hotel in his underpants? Yeah. And doing a narration. <laughs> That's what that was pretty Yeah, I know. They kind of like each got a li- like a little bit of a vignette, kind of. I don't remember uh, the singer getting a one, though. I, yeah, I don't either offhand. But I remember a few of them getting that. Yeah, so I thought that was a really cool way to kind of like differentiate like how they... Are all, how they're all just freaking crazy yeah no they it definitely shows some good parts there there's um speaking of them being crazy i love that one guy's line so he's like this is after that great pool scene the manager is sitting up there and he's like looking at, i think he's breaking the fourth wall he's like i've managed scorpions bon jovi skid row kiss but i have never been through what motley crew put me through yeah, no, I I thought that was great, and that's something that I didn't realize. I mean, like in the trailer, you don't realize that they're that he's not talking to anybody; he's talking to the camera, talking to the, the viewer. There is a lot of like fourth wall breaking where they just kind of look at the screen, just like, yeah, man, this. It, do you this think it crazy. worked in this? I think it worked pretty well. I mean, I think it kind of has funny. Is I think it worked, and what it kind of reminded me of is every once in a while, like Wayne or Garth breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Yeah, just not. It didn't feel as goofy as that. Not quite as that. I mean, they're like they're really, really trying to engage you in that. Like, welcome to Stanley's Donuts or Stanley's Donuts. No, no, that's nice. Like, I don't remember the hockey place. <laughs> yeah, shit. It's okay. But anyway, but yeah, they're like, yeah, welcome to our favorite donut shop. Here, meet this guy. Hey, Garth, talk to the camera. Uh, yeah, uh, see, uh, it's not. I don't as, have anything to say. It's not as goofy as that, but like, like it happens. I think like three, four times throughout the movie. I think it worked out pretty well. Although it's kind of more like they kind of use it as a little bit of like a gawky thing, which is like this is crazy, right? Yeah, that's just they like, kind of do, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say as far as some likes to us, of course the music, awesome all yeah. throughout. Just, again, kind of compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, just all good music throughout the whole thing. Overall story, I thought it was fine. Again, wish it was longer, but I guess they did a good job because I want more. I would love for them to do a reboot of this and it be like again eight episodes, you know, long of highly produced like 
just eras. Yeah. Um, trying to think here. I did appreciate the R rating because they did add more reels into it. I mean, just like in right from the get go. I mean, you see, you know, everything an R rating can bring you. You see nonstop sex going on, drug use going on. Constantly. Constantly. Constantly for all of the above. Yeah, and I just, that was the part of I didn't like about Bohemian Rhapsody as much as I liked that movie, is it just felt too much of a fluff piece. It's kind of funny. I wanted more of the darker stuff to it, which is what uh, Sasha Baron Conan wanted, and when they wouldn't agree to that, that's why he exited. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. I saw a lot of people, like, when the trailer first dropped, they're like, this is what Bohemian Rhapsody wanted to be. But, you know, I think it's actually, they did a very similar thing. Where like you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is like a celebration of Queen. This is kind of like a celebration of man. Look how effed up this stuff is. Like yeah. it's kind of celebrating how crazy Motley Crue was. You all of a sudden get instant fame. You've got money. You can start buying the drugs. You know, the women want you, and just you know, there's just no rules. Basically, it seems like essentially like yeah, they're they're the thing that persists today. What uh, the lead singer killed a guy while he was uh drunk while they were driving and he got 19 days in prison mm-hmm. he had to pay like 2.5 million dollars i think it was around that but he only he didn't even serve a month in prison yeah which is kind of just crazy yeah and I, I can't remember who that guy was supposed to be i think he was supposed to be a member of another band yeah, I, don't, I, know. I don't remember but they must have mentioned it briefly because i was remember trying like he looks like he's for, like slash from guns and roses but i know he's not supposed to be no but they do show slash in there they don't address miss slash but there's a scene where a guy is on a couch laying down like passed out or something and that's supposed to be slash okay maybe you see the hat on the coffee table i don't know but there's slashes in there somewhere yeah. And I did appreciate the kind of collaboration because you got Daily Roth in one scene. So they got, well, I guess we can talk about it. We got Ozzy in another scene. So there's a part where they talk about Motley Crue touring with Ozzy. Yeah. And he's, there's a great scene with them out in the pool of a hotel. I know. That was just hilarious because, you know, there's a little hotel. Like, it's kind of nice. There's some kids. There's some regular people. There's some old people. Then there are just crazy-ass rock stars just causing a ruckus. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. From the That guy played ozzy to the t i thought for the most part yeah it's just weird just, seeing like just, a kind of like but ozzy was that kind of crazy i mean so you see him i mean I mean, he bit a head off of a bat yeah, once. Th- this whole thing is pretty spoilery i would see but yeah anyway so he comes out he's wearing a dress he goes up to the old folks there and he's like who wants a drink drinks are on me and then he lift, bends over he's already got a dollar bill like in his cheeks He's yeah, like, drinks are on me. I know those old people are just like, oh my. And they're just like, oh, like, oh God, what is going on? I just like, wanted to have just, a nice time at the pool. Yeah, we're just trying to enjoy ourselves at the pool. But yeah, so gosh. And so there were, then this is one thing this movie had more than Benjamin Rhapsody is a bunch of like, what the hell moments. And one of them being this scene, you know, you know what part I'm talking about. Ozzy just uh, starts peeing everywhere. In front of people. Oh, before that, before that. So he takes a straw, gets down the ground and starts snoring ants, live ants. Yeah. Just that kind of crazy. That kind of crazy. And then next thing you know, he's peeing all over the place and then gets down on his hands and knees and starts licking his own piss. Yeah. At that point, I'm just like, oh, and then at some point, what is it? A Nikki six is like, eh, screw it. He unzips his pants. He starts peeing everywhere. And then he's about to get down and lick his own pee. And Ozzy's like, no, 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 no. He just this. pushes him out of the way. Pushes him out of the way and then gets down and looks at looks, uh, Nikki Six's pee. I'm just like, wow. I'm just like, man, 
I mean, that's one of the things we were like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's kind of like like Motley Crue lore, but at the same time, he Ozzy Osbourne bit a head off of a bat at a concert. So like, I oh, he he was not. he was that kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Whether, whether or not this exact scenario happened, which maybe that's one of the stories told in the book. I don't know. Which, like we said, I do want to check this book out. Yeah, and it is because the book is written by a guy named Neil Strauss. He toured with the band, interviewed every single one of them together and every single one of them individually, and just put everything together into this book. Yeah, the dirt Which and is crazy. Yeah. It's supposed to be a great book. This guy also wrote a, a biography for Marilyn Manson as well, too. Oh, did he? And like I said, he, this guy does his homework. Like he'll tour with him, and like he'll interview and do his research for maybe even a couple of years while writing the book. Like he does his research. Well, that's that's awesome. So yeah, he's written he's written a few books. I've read a couple of his books, and he's a good writer. And this book came out like seventeen years ago. I think so. Yeah, it's been a while. Which yeah, because I heard that. I was watching interviews with uh, Nikki Six, I think, and I think it was him and Tommy Lee. But they were talking about how as soon as the book came out, like they bought up, the, like somebody bought up the rights immediately, and it's just been like in development hell for so long. Jeez, which I don't know. This could have I could have seen this be a big budget movie. I think people would have lined up for it. I don't know if they would have quite like they did Bohemian Rhapsody, but I think people would have lined up for this. I mean, they still like be, Motley Crue has a very specific fandom yeah because i mean bohemian rhapsody has a bit of a wider and broader audience yes because yeah the movie did feel like low budget i don't want to say it felt cheap but you know they're definitely cutting corners and like a lot of conversations happening in like bars or restaurants things like that yeah i mean it did like the production of it didn't look cheap but maybe when you think about it just like there wasn't a lot of variety to things like that then yes but i still think it to kind of like ask the Mystique of Motley Crue, like they're always in like bars or dive bars or in hotel rooms. Just yeah, and they, they still did a good job with what they had. I mean, you know, they're like, you know, if they gave me like, you know, take your script, here's your budget, go do something. I mean, I think for what they had to work with, they did it really good. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't seem to cast big budget actors. I mean, one of the, the record label guy, you know, he's on SNL, so I don't know how much that cost them. But the only other person that I know, like know the name of is machine gun Kelly. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, I don't know if he does enough acting that he's expensive to get or not. Yeah. I don't know. Talked about likes. Um, yeah, I'll just fire off a couple of my qu- quick likes. So we talked about the music overall story. I thought was good. The pool scene was great. I love that it had our rating. Never got bored. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to like about this movie. I do like how they got in some personal lives, like with, they're like significant others mainly with the uh, lead singer and tommy lee because yeah. you, you see tommy lee uh marry or excuse me meet heather locklear and date heather locklear which obviously happened and yeah who was that gal uh her name is rebecca groff i believe she was actually gosh the only thing i remember seeing her in is she was bob saget's girlfriend or one of bob saget's girls in the entourage movie oh i don't know uh, that's something- come a long way since then yeah, that's something that I liked is that this movie, like, it showed the personal tragedy in each of their lives. I mean, they they touch more on the others uh, than the others. Like, they mostly focus on Nikki Sixes, and they do focus on, um, I can never remember the singer's name. Vince? Vince. Yeah, they yeah, focus Vince on now. his, like, personal tragedy a little bit. They touch on it a little bit in the middle, and then a lot at the end. Right. But. And that was a good scene. There was uh, definitely some good moments there. Um, 
far as I guess standout moments, yeah, other than some good rock scenes and <laughs> that great pool scene with Ozzy, I would say a standout moment was uh, when Vince was by the uh, hospital bedside of his daughter, who's like four years old or something like that. Yeah. Stricken with cancer, which I had no clue. Like, again, I just, I don't know their personal stories going into this. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And I'm like, I'm like, of course, of course. Like, the things that I hate that seeing in re- movies. Yeah. That was a touching moment, though. Like, when she asked, like, what's wrong with me or something? Like, and he said, something's growing inside you. And she's like, like me inside mommy? It's like, more like a flower growing, I, but not a flower you want to keep inside you. I know. It, like, does a good job of breaking your heart. Yeah, it was that was a really good moment there. But yeah, having I had no idea that he had a daughter and that she passed away at such a young age. I know, and going in, you didn't know that Nikki Six died for a few minutes. Like OB. No, I didn't. So yeah, there's let's talk about that scene. That was a standout moment too, was Nikki Six overdoses and presumed dead, which he jeez, even without the internet word gets out fast. I know, because he's pronounced like like or at least speculated as OD'd and dead on the scene. I mean, I do kind of like that. Like, it's pretty. It has actually kind of a funny moment because one of the paramedics is like, "I this is Nikki f-ing six. I am not letting him die in my ambulance." Yeah, that was awesome. And they hit him with like two shots of adrenaline. They, yeah, put adrenaline in. Nothing happens. So he gets another one, and bam, and then he comes up, <laughs> and he's just like, "Ow, yeah." Uh... What's going on? I know. And at that point, like in like the idealized version, I'm just like, oh, yeah. And this is when he turns his life around. And it's like, not quite yet, because he goes home and does heroin again. Right. Which, I mean, you got to hit rock, rock bottom, I guess. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you tell yourself, like, I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to stop, you know, drinking alcohol. I need to stop going to f- eating fast food. But it's hard to break habits. Yeah, especially since you've been like living that life for several years at this point i mean like he mentions that he hasn't like had a day in his life without something in his body since he was like 11 years old because he came from a broken home yeah what'd you think of that by the way the flashback to him as a kid i actually i like that to kick the movie off with i like that and also i'm just like man this kid had no like had such little chance of making anything of himself that it's amazing that they did what they did he just had the drive to do something yeah Uh, i thought that was cool flashback though of his you know, interacting with his mother, how his father just left him, what, what they say, age three? Just yeah. up left and never looked back. His mother's just a psycho? Yeah, kind of. I think she's, like, a bad person, too. Yeah, I think she just didn't know what to do. Once her husband left, you know, left her with a child, just didn't know what to do. And then, yeah, just always had boyfriends, it sounds like, coming over. Yeah, she just wasn't doing the she's right never thing. never good for kids, but... No. Yeah, that was so. I, I enjoyed that though. <laughs> I do like the very, very beginning how they kicked it off, talking about the eighties, eighties of the time of like this, 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 and they're like, oh, what a horrible decade to be born into. I know it's kind of funny because like, I think we were talking about this off mic. It's just like a oh, decade that it's like it's it's like completely idealized at this point, but it's just full of like pop music on the radio. Like it's different than pop music today, but like that's. The mainstream was all of that pop music, and the rock wasn't really there. Yeah. Which, I I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I was born in 83. I wouldn't mind have been born, you know, been born, like, let's say, 1960 and been 20 in 1980 and lived my 20s through the 80s. I don't think that would have been too bad. No, it wouldn't have been too bad, but it's just kind of, it's just a funny thing to yeah. n- note that, like, you know, they're fighting a I, I could be in the, I could be in the computer world in the early days. <laughs> 
that could be my you know career <laughs> who knows but i don't know i think it would have been a cool time because as a kid just I don't know, between age one and seven, I just wasn't too aware of, like, what made the 80s 80s, other than Ninja Turtles on TV. No, I mean, like, I was born in 94. I don't consider myself a 90s kid, but at the time I could remember anything, it was the 2000s. Right. <laughs> so, well, so, that's why I feel like I feel like a 90s kid. I feel like I was raised in the 90s, because exactly. when I was a teenager and things like that, and influenced by Nirvana and all that. I know. Then I stole your music 10 years later. Which... One thing that was really cool, I forget what kind of, was it outside the recording studio, but you see on the like, on the side painted on a wall, the cover of the uh, Pearl Jam Ten album. Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. I know, I saw that, and I'm just like, I remember that, kind of. I remember that album cover because you had it, and I took it from you while you were at school. Bastard. That's what I did. I never I put it back in the right place. I know. I'd be like, <laughs> my CD was put in upside down. Somebody was been tampering. Yeah. I mean, I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but what were some, did you have any like big surprise? Like what was the standout moment for you? I listed a few. Well, I don't really want to say like exactly what happens, but the big surprise at the end with uh, Vince's like, family business at the end i'm just like of course like that's uh okay like it's, i feel like that's a little bit too much of a giveaway like it really hits well, we already home. touched on it well i mean you didn't touch on dies at the end we talked about that how much she only lived four years oh did we yeah oh well i thought we just said that she had oh, cancer this whole thing is like old. spoilers i mean all right well yeah the kid dying at the end from cancer i'm like wow well of course 10 minutes before the movie ends i have to I have to acknowledge that that happened. Yeah. Was that your biggest surprise? Yeah, that was kind of like my biggest surprise. And I guess I didn't know. And I hopefully this is true. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know what's true and what's not. Um, I didn't realize Nikki Six was the one that formed Motley Crue. And <laughs> I, I do like that scene too when Tommy leads with his girlfriend. He's like, the Nikki Six, the guy from... Uh, what was that band he was in before that called? Oh, dude, I don't, I don't remember. That like, happened like... like That's that guy. Months. I'm going to side him. And then, like, they start talking and having an interaction. And you, they keep showing shots of his girlfriend just like, oh, my gosh, what is they doing? Hurry up. I know. That was pretty hilarious. <laughs> that was good stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some good standout scenes here, and I'll tell you my biggest surprise. So, I did like the rock stuff. I wish some of the rock songs were longer, like them performing on stage. I wish some of that was longer. Oh, I did like that uh, when they were playing on stage, and the guy spits on his pants, and he, they started a fight. <laughs> That was amazing. They start a, It was the first gig for Motley Crue, and they start a fight before they even start playing. And they didn't get kicked out of the club. They like, just threw the like, guys out who were just like, like my eight hundred dollar pants. <laughs> Which back then, that's a pretty penny for pants. Oh yeah. I mean, I so, still I still went buy eight hundred dollar pants even today. Yeah, but yeah. that was ins- that was pretty great. That was good stuff. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Standout. Honestly, biggest surprise for me. The biggest oh sh- moment I would say for me was probably in the very beginning. Gets a little graphic at one point. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody, if you've seen it, we'll just, you know, they show Tommy Lee going down on this girl. The next thing you know, he's pulling away and she leans back and just starts squirting like a fountain everywhere. Yeah, of course. I did not see moment. that coming at all. I mean, like, I mean, this kind of in your face, like, wow, he's just going to go down her right in the front of everybody. All right. And then for that to happen, I- so it's like, wow. All right. So this is what kind of movie we're into. Yeah. That kind of immediately sets on. You're like, okay, um, get the kids out of the room. Don't watch this at work. Just 
just don't. <laughs> yeah. Adults only for sure. I knew there was going to be, you know, drug use and stuff in this, but yeah, for that to happen two minutes in, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Which is that like on the first page of the dirt or what? Probably. <laughs> but yeah, that was my, I'm trying to think here. So overall, not much to dislike about the movie other than just it was just felt too short and not enough. Like I want more. I mean, it was, it was almost two hours, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, they could have made it a little longer. I still would have hanged on, hung on for like two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, that's what I don't understand either. Is like, you have so much story to tell. Like, if you're not going to do a miniseries, why not a two and a half hour movie? I don't know. Maybe budget constrictions, maybe Netflix constrictions. I don't know. Budget constrictions, maybe, but I don't know. I don't think, I feel like Netflix at this point, it was been like, oh yeah, no, if you need a budget for two and a half hours, here you go. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely think it's worth a check out, and it just makes me want to read the book. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we uh, grade this out and call it a night? Okay. Well, I'm going to give it just a solid 10 for entertainment value. Just, it was super entertaining from start to finish. You got some drama. You got some rock and roll. I'm like, it hits all of my watermarks for things that I most love in this world. (laughs) So I'll give it a 10 in entertainment. As far as like quality of movie, I'd give it like a B plus A minus. Like it's not perfect. It's a little rushed and I just want more of it, which kind of works to its detriment a little bit. But I honestly, I still really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah, no, I'm on the same pages. I would say entertainment value wise, at least nine out of 10 for sure. I mean, one thing I did appreciate is that it did keep moving. But yeah, I would like, rather than 20 years crammed in an hour 45, let's make it eight hours miniseries, you know, eight episodes. Would have been awesome. But for what they did, I would say, I don't know, overall movie, I would give it, I'd say B+. I think B plus is good. I definitely would recommend it. Check it out, everybody, you know. Got Netflix? Watch it. Definitely worth seeing. And yeah, like you, it definitely makes me want to go and read the book now. Yeah. Learn more. I guarantee you their book sales have already probably spiked. Oh, definitely. It's been out for 17 years, and it probably just like got an uptake. Well, it could it could be one of those things. Like I remember when uh, 300 came out, they sold more books in a month than the book had sold like the 15 years prior. Right, exactly. Like That's just what happens when things like this come out. I could see that definitely happening. I'm sure, actually, I looked on Amazon today, and they're sold out. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so, yeah, it sounds like two B pluses. Sounds like we both love this movie overall and recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you love rock and roll, you love the eighties. That's and that's the thing. Like like Bohemian Rhapsody, not perfect, but very enjoyable to just kick back and watch. Absolutely. And the music is awesome. Oh yeah, I know. That's the only thing is like I wish it was in the theaters because the theater surround sound with the all oh. the Motley Crue jams would have been awesome. N- yes, that would have been awesome too. Oh no, no, it would get this a. A minus for me, maybe. If they played Kickstart My Heart during the movie? No, but that would have been nice too. That would have been nice. They just no, no this movie was credits. missing. You know, we got a little bit of Ozzy in there. No, this movie was missing. What? Del Preston. He probably wasn't in the movie because he was out looking for 1,000 brown M&Ms to fill a brandy gloss. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, as soon as that Aussie scene ended, I was like, oh, man, we need Del Preston in here. That would have been amazing. (laughs) Wayne's World 2 for anybody that's curious what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Why don't we uh, wrap us up here? Daniel, tell everybody where they can find us. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews. Let us know what you thought of The Dirt. Uh, love it. Hate it. As good as Bohemian Rhapsody, better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Why do we keep Bohe- <laughs> comparing it to Bohemian Rhapsody? It's because it's the closest movie that came out recently. Yeah, that's because Rocket Man's not out yet. Yeah. I mean, we would be comparing Motley Crue to Rocket Man if it was out. All right. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you for everybody for downloading us and listening. We appreciate it. Leave some five-star reviews on iTunes. That helps the show a lot. And, yeah, I believe next week we'll be back here with Shazam. Shazam! Shazam. So, yeah, looking forward to talking about that one. All right. Well, that's it for now. We'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! Cheers!